Thank you, Daniel Namod. I have so loved having Daniel with us, and that song is so perfect for our closing of our fall program on revolutionary love, because what he reminds us of in that song is we're not alone, and we don't have to do everything. We just have to join together one by one, and together we can allow that transformation to occur. And that is why Valerie reminds us that revolutionary love is a community endeavor. And so I am so grateful to this community, this community that said yes to looking more deeply at these ideas of how we can become unjaded, letting go of the defenses that we might have been holding around us, letting go of the idea of the other, and coming together in revolutionary love ways. So I have been so excited about this particular fall program and have heard from many of you how much this book has been so meaningful, especially at this particular time where there is so much divisiveness and othering going on, so that we can make the conscious choice, the conscious decision with one another to come together in revolutionary love. So I can't even believe we're on our last week already. There has been so much presented here about revolutionary love and the idea that we cannot love in just one area, that revolutionary love requires us to love wholly, love completely. And so we've been talking about these three legs of our revolutionary love stool. We finished last week with revolutionary love of self. But we cannot just focus on loving ourselves because as Valerie reminds us, if that's where we stay, that is nothing greater than escapism. Escapism where we spiritually bypass, where we go to, I just want to feel good, where we go to just focusing on ourselves and our self-transformation. And while unity teaches all of us the importance of that self-transformation and self-realization, if we only stay there, it truly is escapism. And so we must move beyond our own self-love and self-transformation to be looking out at our greater world, our greater communities, and be asking, how can I love these as well? And so the second leg of the stool that we talked about in the early beginning was that revolutionary self of others, the revolutionary love of others, in which we recognize that there are no strangers in which we recognize that when we look out into the world, we are seeing uh, our mother and our father and our sister and our brother and our aunt and our uncle and our niece and our nephew and our children. That each and every one that we look out to is a part of us that we simply do not know yet. And so we, we take on the practice loving others, that idea of loving others by seeing no stranger. But we can't only just love others either. We can't just focus all of our energy and all of our attention on loving those others because that will be ineffective. We will likely run out of energy if all of our energy is about focusing on others. And that's why we also need love of self. It will also become ineffective if we don't also turn our eye to that third leg, which is the love of our opponents, revolutionary love of our opponents. This requires us to process through the feelings of anger and rage in very safe ways that we might be feeling so that we can come to our opponent with the intention of deeply listening to them. Deeply listening, not from the place of how am I going to argue with what they've just said so that I can convince them that I'm right and they're wrong. No, not deep listening in that way, but deep 
listening for understanding. Where are you coming from? Help me to understand. So that's the practice of revolutionary love of opponent is that deep listening place. But there, too, we cannot only love our opponents because Valerie reminds us that if all we do is love our opponents, that is no different than self-loathing. And so all of these legs must work together. And it is such a dance. Have you recognized that over the past seven weeks, the dance of revolutionary love? Like, sometimes I just need to step back and focus on myself and finding that love and that center and that calm, breathing through, pushing deeper into the feeling so that I can move to the place of transition within self. Sometimes that takes all my energy. You may be there today, friends, and that's okay if all you can do is that revolutionary love of self in this moment. That's what you do because you recognize there are other community members who are able then to do the work that you're not able to do today. Valerie tells us that the, the price of love is grief. When I think about Bob and Ken, I spoke with Bob on Thursday when I found out that Jan had passed away. And I said, you know, Bob, I know without a shadow of a doubt that Jan is good. Jan is free. Jan is out of that physical body that limited her at this time. But I also know that you and Ken and those of us who loved Jan so deeply within this community, the price of that love is the deep grief that we experience within the loss. And so Valerie, within this book, acknowledges that the price of revolutionary love is deep grief. She reminds us that anger is what we do to protect what we love. That anger is not something to push down and to push away, but to allow ourselves to process through it so we can come to the other side of anger and say, okay, now, what do I do with this now from that place of inner wisdom? And Valerie tells us, as Susan already mentioned, that the gift of love is joy. And so joy is our topic today. And so I've been thinking a lot about that joy. Uh, we often hear about happiness, but how do joy and happiness differ from one another? I'm really clear and aware of how happiness can come and go. You know, happiness, happiness comes, for example, when, when something that we want comes into our lives. We all remember the happiness of falling in love that first time or the second or third or fifth. We all remember that, that happiness that we experience when our child or our grandchild or our niece or nephew was born. We all recognize the happiness when we got that new job that we were sure was the one we really wanted. We all experience that happiness when we get our new car or our new house or our new whatever. We all experience that happiness when we graduate that happiness when we retire. We know what happiness is. It comes and goes. Because while we may be happy when we step into that job, along comes that supervisor. Or along comes that um, co-worker. Or along comes that challenge that we are not sure we can meet. And suddenly that happiness that we felt around that particular job begins to dissipate again. 
We're all happy having bought that car or that house until it starts to break down. And then all of a sudden we realize that happiness isn't there anymore. The same with our relationships. We're happy when we step into those things, but my goodness, when we begin to experience friction and conflict, that happiness goes away. Do you recognize how happiness is a temporary emotion that arises within the brain chemicals as we experience something that we embrace? Teddy Roosevelt, I heard a quote from Teddy Roosevelt this week that says, comparison is our thief of joy. I'll say that again. Comparison is the thief of joy. When I begin to compare what my experience is today with what I want my experience to be, oftentimes my happiness that I feel within is gone. How many of us feel that? As we walk through these days, these days, when I tell you back in March, I never imagined or anticipated that eight months later we would still be in this and in this place today where cases are rising once more and we all so want to go back to what was. I want my Thanksgiving to be the Thanksgiving that I've always experienced, getting together with my family and my friends and my community. The comparison. It's the thief of joy. I want to be able to get back out into my community and hug and have fellowship and enjoy one another. But listen, friends, comparison is the thief of joy. When you and I can accept this moment as it is, recognizing whatever the other, the opponent is within this moment, when we can accept it, when we can experience whatever feelings arise from it, but not attach ourselves to those feelings, allow ourselves to pass through it without falling into the depths of despair, we can accept this moment and the gift that is here in this moment. And so what is the difference? What is the difference between happiness and joy? Is joy something that I can experience always? And I believe that joy can be experienced always when we come from this place of love. Love within ourselves and love shared and offered with others. Joy to me is this overall sense of well-being. The fact of the matter is, no matter what is happening outside of me, I can center in that divine Christ presence that unity teaches us is always there, always available, always supplying whatever we need in any moment so that we can experience the very grace of God here, that sense of joy, of overall well-being. And so we, we have within us the power to meet each moment. To do the work that is ours to do, to, to meet our opponents, to meet our others, to work through the anger, to process through that, to deeply listen, to breathe together, to push deeper and so that something new can be born within us. That overall sense of well-being is that power of God that is within us that is always there. We can always experience it in any moment. Within the Sikh tradition, that idea is known as kardikala. 
Valerie speaks about that within this book. And this, this is a mental state of eternal optimism and joy. Eternal optimism and joy. And where do we get to experience the eternal? But right here, right now. We don't need anything to be different. Right here, right now. We just need to accept this moment as it is and ask ourselves, how can I in this moment meet it with eternal optimism and joy? And the only way that I know how to do that is to turn back again and again to that divine power and presence that is within me. And that is within you. That place where we will anchor ourselves in faith, seeing through that spiritual lens. That place where we will know that deep revolutionary love that when we open our heart, when we ask ourselves, what does love look like here? And we act on that awareness, on that deep inner wisdom that we all have within us, when we act on that place, that harmonizing power that is love moves out into every circumstance, into every relationship. And we will experience a sense of eternal optimism and joy in that moment. In this now eternal moment where, where we are strengthened and uplifted to walk through whatever this is, Without needing it to be different. Remember, that need to be different is what robs us of our joy. So here we are. This is what we have. What we can know together is we will get through it together as we allow that strength of the divine to lift us up and walk us through it. Here we will find eternal optimism and joy where we can center and be still and find that loving wisdom that is within us that is always guiding us, not from a place of fear, but a place of responsibility for one another. Wisdom guides our way in every moment. Where we can know right here and now that we are not um, victims, that we are not weak, that we do not need to despair. Because that very power of God is within us, that power that we have within us to align our mind with divine mind, speaking words of truth, taking action in love, we have the power to do this. And as we remember that, as we remind one another in community, you can do this. We find that place of eternal optimism and joy. When we remember that we have the power of our imagination to see it right, that we can move from the place of worry, we can move from the place of fear, we can realign our mind with that place of possibility and say, God, enter into my mind and give me a greater vision, a greater vision of our oneness. Remember when all of this began and we talked about how it reflected our oneness with one another. We can still experience that sense of oneness here when we open our eyes with wonder, open our hearts and vision together that we are one humanity moving through this moment in time, supporting and loving one another. 
When we remember that understanding, that power that God is here under it all, there is nowhere that God is not. So why am I needing this to be so different when right here I have the perfect gift and opportunity to discover God in this moment? And that as I do so, I can engage in my power of will, my power to choose, to choose, not to come from despair, but to come from hope, to come from optimism, that eternal place where joy and well-being can be experienced. I remember that God's very spirit within me is moving through me, and I can be enthusiastic about whatever this moment brings, because this moment that is here, that is before me, is the perfect moment. Oh my goodness, take that in with me. This moment, this moment in humanity, this moment within our spiritual community, this moment within each of our individual lives is the perfect moment to wake up and see God here. And we can embrace that idea with enthusiasm, ordering then our thoughts and our words and our actions to reflect that revolutionary love that we are here to be and to express. We have the power to release and let go of each idea that does not serve us. We have the power to let go of othering, to let go of fear, to let go of separation, and ask, how can we become more inclusive? Not only to one another, but to whatever the experience is here in this moment, releasing ideas that are out of alignment with the truth and letting the very life that is God moved through. That life that is God that animates us. This is our truth. Unity teaches these powers are within each and every one of us. No exception. This is where we in unity will find our cardicula. Our eternal optimism and hope and joy. Realizing that this power and presence is always moving in through and as me as I open more and more to understanding these ideas of revolutionary love. This is what I want you to know today. That together we can move through anything. Together we can unite. Together we can find our way to the other side. Together, we can know that this too will pass. Together, we can ask, how can I support you? Together, we can ask, how can I connect with you in new ways, in revolutionary ways? How can we come together widening our circle at this time where we're told we can't physically be together because God is not limited by what we are experiencing here. We can connect with one another even if it's not physical connection. We need to embrace this idea of cardigola. Here we can experience eternal optimism and joy. And as always, <laughs> I know that this takes practice. And so we have an additional practice for us for this week, our final week of our fall program. 
English, I believe. Okay, so here is our practice. And um, thank you. Thank you for each one who over the past seven weeks has sent in their intention cards. While our web is not as big as it would be if we were here physically in person, we do have a web of intentions. And I am grateful to each one who sent in their intentions, even as I am knowing the abundance of you who are nonetheless practicing, even if you did not send those in. Here's this week's practice. Continue taking the time to breathe each day. Adding, oops, this is last week's practice. That's not this week's practice. Oh, dear. I might not be able to find this week's Not Maybe here. I got it. There it is. Make noticing and protecting your joy a daily practice. Sometimes I feel like there is so much to pay attention to in this world, so much where I want to shine my light in the darkness, that I forget that probably the best thing that I can do is first of all come from this place of joy. I don't have to feel guilty for feeling joy. It is in that eternal joy and optimism that I will do my best work as that light of God. So take time to protect your joy each day. Notice, how does joy feel in your body? Ask yourself what people, places, and actions bring you joy and remind you of what is good and beautiful and worth fighting for. Start with a gratitude practice for the small things in your life, especially when things are hard. And then I'm inviting you to ask yourself, because revolutionary love is communal, how can you share your joy in community this week? How can you share your joy in community? I want to end our fall program with the last chapter, or last paragraph that Valerie writes in our book. Joy is possible even amid amidst great labors. The labor of dying, the labor of birthing, and the labors between. We cannot force it. So when we create moments to breathe between labor pains and surrender our senses to the present moment, notice the colors and lights and feelings of being alive, here, together, joy comes more easily. It is a felt sense in our bodies. In the face of horrors visited upon our world daily, in the struggle to protect our loved ones, choosing to let joy in is a revolutionary act. Joy returns us to everything good and beautiful and worth fighting for. It gives us energy for the long labor. Letting in joy, therefore, is the tenth practice of revolutionary love, the core practice that sustains all others. Joy is the gift of love. It makes the labor an end in itself. I believe laboring joy is the meaning of life. May we look up at the night sky. May we let joy in. For we will be someone's ancestors one day. We will be someone's ancestors one day. And if we do this right, they will inherit not our fear, but bravery born of joy. Let us be brave. Let us be creative. Let us be courageous. Let us love one another in the tradition of Kardikala. Eternal optimism and joy.
thank you. Before I walk off the stage, I do want to make sure that all of you know that our board of trustees is um, right now doing a community-wide survey again. And you should have received an email about that. However, if you did not receive an email about that, you can visit our website, uscwestlake.org. You'll find a little picture in the middle of the page that says Community Survey. Click through that, and it'll take you to a quick six-question survey. So we're hoping that all of our community members will participate. Thank you for being a part of this community. Thank you for being a part of revolutionary love. And now join with me as together we envision a world that works for all, that we create together. Thank you.